Hello, Heart and Soul listeners. I'm Pastor Greg Lundstedt, and I'm so glad that I can share my series from Equipping the Saints with you. I pray that God will grow each and every one of you in Christ through this series. The king of Babylon was not thrown from earth to heaven, or vice versa. This is speaking of Satan. And notice what he says. But you said in your heart, and we're going to see five I wills. Remember, he was corrupted because of his beauty and wisdom. Remember that? But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. He wanted to be above all the other angels. Okay? I will sit in the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. He wanted to sit on the throne of God, I believe. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Uh Uh-oh. Here, Satan's in his corrupted splendor declares his heart. Notice he says, you said this in your heart. This is what he was saying on the inside. Which God sees the heart, not man. God sees the heart. And here, in the heart of Satan, in a sense, he sees the inside. It's the heart of pride. It's the sin of Satan. It's also the sin of mankind. That mankind believes he is the Lord of his own life, that he's not accountable to God for anything. Have you come here today with the sin of Satan? If you haven't repented and trusted in Christ, you have. You have, because you have some pride keeping you from humbling yourself to realizing what God says about you and how sinful you are in your need for a Savior, Jesus Christ. Beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For as with Satan, God will eternally punish those whose sins are not forgiven. But the good news is that God sent his son Jesus in your place, and he died for your sins. And he destroyed the work of Satan by taking care of sin. So then Satan's heart was filled up because of his beauty and his wisdom, and he was corrupted from his splendor, and he sinned. He thought he could be like God instead of reflecting God's glory. He sinned. So what are the consequences of his sins? Back in Ezekiel 28, verse 16, By the abundance of your trade you were internally filled with violence, and you sinned. Therefore I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God. I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. I have cast you as profane. The word profane means polluted. God took out the polluted trash from heaven and threw it out. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God. Middle of verse 16. And I have destroyed you. He's destroyed in the context of his former privileges. And he will be completely destroyed later. I have destroyed you, O covering chair, from the midst of the stones of fire. The term destroy here doesn't mean to be annihilated. It means to be destroyed or perish in a sense. To be ruined. He was destroyed from his former position of reflecting God's glory in the mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of splendor. That's pride. So what did God do? I cast you to the ground. I put you before kings that they may see you. You know, we think we're the center of everything, but there's an angelic conflict going on that's much bigger than us, folks. We think that we're everything. God cast them, I put you before kings that they may see you. God put Satan before men that they might see who he really is. We have in Revelation what happened when he fell. It says in another sign, Revelation 12:3, a sign appeared in heaven, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems, and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to earth. 
When Satan fell, he took a third of the angels with him also. Those are now demons. There's different ranks and authorities and all that stuff, structure. Satan's the head of those guys for a while. He got it, but he got it in the context of his judgment coming, imminent judgment. So he was cast out. And it says in verse 18, by the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuary. He polluted his sanctuary. That speaks of his heavenly dwelling place. Verse 18, the middle, therefore I have brought fire from the midst of you. It has consumed you. I believe it's speaking of God's judgment. It's consumed you. You've been judged. The one who walked amidst the stones of fire is now consumed by God's judgment having been ejected from heaven to earth. Now, we know from Job he can access it. He can come up. He's here, the God of this world. He walks around in Job. Where have you from been walking around on the earth, right? Now, he goes and accesses God, but we know in Revelation chapter 12, in the middle of the tribulation, he will be thrown down for good, and we will rejoice, because the accuser of our brethren, who accuses of day and night, has been thrown down. He says, I've turned you to ashes on the earth, end of verse 18, in the eyes of all who see you. Verse 19, all who know you, this is who really know you, not being deceived by all the falsehood, but all who really know you among the peoples are appalled at you. Is this not true? Everyone who truly knows who he is from Scripture, not from fairy tales and fantasies and and wicked twisting of things, they are appalled. And he says here, you have become terrified, and you will be no more. That deserves an amen. Amen. This word terrified in Hebrew speaks of being a horror, a calamity, a dreadful event. You become a dreadful event. You become a horror. It's not that he's terrified. You become a dreadful event in the eyes of all who see you. Is that not true? God threw Satan to earth. So his wickedness would be revealed, and within that it also exposed man's wickedness, didn't it? So notice this fateful future, end of verse 19, and you will be no more. It's wonderful. Satan's been banished to earth, but he will be no more. That doesn't speak of nothingness. No more means he's not going to be able to execute his will in sinfulness anymore. He's going to be tormented, as we will see, day and night in the lake of fire, a place which Jesus said was prepared for the devil and his angels. That's why hell was prepared. It wasn't prepared for human beings, prepared for the devil and his angels. But yet, if you reject Christ, that is your destiny also. Indeed, after the great tribulation, when Christ comes in Revelation 19, and Satan is chained for a thousand years, he's set free for one last rebellion, then he is thrown into the lake of fire. You see, what God is allowing Satan to do is to cause men to show where they really are. It's going to happen as we see with the Antichrist. We're going to see them being revealed to where they really are. Turn to Revelation chapter 20. This is after Christ comes and defeats his enemies. The beast, the false prophet, are thrown into the lake of fire alive. And he says, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, the devil, and Satan. He got all his names there so you know who it is, right? And bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him that he should not deceive the nations. That's what he does, deceives any longer until the thousand years were completed. That's the millennium, thousand years. And after this, he must be released for a short time. And then look at verse seven. 
And when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are on the four corners on the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. This is the final war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they came up to the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's being no more. That's no more being tormented forever and ever. That's his future. You see, when the battle gets tough, we need to remember that Satan is the defeated foe and Christ defeated him on the cross. Satan is a defeated foe. First John 3, 7, Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who practices righteousness is... Righteous just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. The devil sinned from the beginning. The Son of Man appeared for this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 2.14, Since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, speaking of Jesus, likewise partook of the same, that through death, that's the death on the cross, he might render powerless or impotent, is the word, him who had the power of death, that is the devil, that he might deliver those through fear of death who are subject to slavery all their lives. You see, Satan has the power of death because in his wickedness, he can righteously say to God he deserves death because of his sin. But yet God can say, no, in Christ, he's forgiven. It's been paid. We have an advocate for the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So his power over death in that sense is defeated. But if you don't turn to Christ, then you will die in your sins and you will have the same lot as the one we're looking at here. God makes it clear that Satan is going to be crushed. Let's look at Romans chapter 16. This is great because Satan is active through men and women in the body of Christ, even inside it. He's active, but he's going to be crushed. I'm not saying they're believers in the body of Christ. They're infiltrating. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. And the Apostle Paul is an interesting passage because he's like saying, you know, Phoebe, help me give greeting to so-and-so, give greeting here and there. And then he stops and says this piece, and he goes back to his greetings and finishes the letter. Romans 16, 17. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching you have learned and turn away from them. Such men are slaves not of our Lord Christ but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore, I'm rejoicing over you. But I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be. Our enemy is fallen. He has been judged. He's a defeated foe. Christ defeated him on the cross. And he will be crushed. The eternal crushing of our enemy is sure. So we need not focus on him, but we need to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to trust in him. You are delivered from Satan by trust in Christ when you believe in him for salvation for sins. And we are delivered from Satan's attacks on us when we trust in Christ. When we believe what he has said, when we rely on Christ. So then we've seen Lucifer's life story. Created perfect, he sinned, the I wills, he thought he could be like God, and God cast him out of heaven to be seen for who he really is. He is a horror, he will be no more. From jewels to maggots and worms, from power to absolute weakness, from stones of fire to the fires of hell, 
all because of pride. And Satan's doom is your doom if you don't repent. God's a gracious God. He gave his son Jesus for you. And if you reject that, your doom is the same. Don't reject the Lord Jesus. There are those who think they know him. They're going to be separated out. Then he will say on those on the left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Trust in Christ and be saved today. Maybe you're religious, but inside your heart you give yourself the glory for everything you really do. Maybe that's a sign that you don't know Christ. Trust in the Lord, believe in him, and you'll be saved. Well, for those of us who are believers, I've already shared the application. We need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't defeat a powerful foe, but Christ in us is greater. And so we need to abide and trust in Christ, putting in the shield of faith and the sword of the word of God. Because we have an enemy that prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, but resist him firm in the faith. The truth that you believe concerning your Savior and what he said about us and the truth. And soon the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. For he is thy health and salvation. All ye who hear, now to his temple draw near. Join me in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord, who o'er all things so wondrously reigneth. Shelters thee under his wings, yea, so gently sustaineth. Hast thou not seen how all thy longings have been? Granted in what he ordaineth. Praise ye the Lord, O Lord, all that is in me. 